For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening slash afternoon slash after happy American Thanksgiving, everybody. I am Craig Boren here with you on Jaybird Watching. Very, very super duper brief today because we have the pleasure of that I was actually a guest on the Radio Scouts podcast over this week. And we are actually going to be rebroadcasting their issue, their uh, episode this week because it was pretty much everything Brendan and I would have been talking about anyways. And next week, you can look forward to Brendan Panikar more than likely being on their show. If not, we will be back here with another wonderful episode of Jaybird Watching. In the meantime, as I mentioned, I was on the podcast with the Radio Scouts guys, Mike and Al. And in the midst of that, we talked many things about Toronto Blue Jays baseball. And where is this offseason going? What the heck is going on? Who's in? Who's out? Along with the Justin Schaefer news and the, you know, recent super-duper little uh, minor league signing slash relief uh appearance that we're going to get from AJ Cole. So we discussed all that. So anyways, why don't we just dive right into that episode? And I hope you enjoy the Radio Scouts podcast, which you can also find in all the same wonderful places that you can find our podcast with our friends here. We can find them on you know iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, wherever, wherever you might get your podcasting pleasures from. And until then, let's go Blue Jays. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, everybody. This is Radio Scouts Podcast, episode 34. Alan and I are along for the ride. I'm Mike, of course. And with us is a special guest from Jaybird Watching Podcast. Craig Borden joins us. Craig, say hello. Why, hello, fellas. It's good to be on your show for a change. You know, it's been, you know, going good over at Jaybird Watching, but it is nice and a pleasure to be here this evening. Well, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yes. Looking, looking forward to another spirited chat, fellas. Absolutely. Time out. Did you guys know that Waterloo Brewery is Ontario's first craft brewery? <laughs> Did not know that. No. Is that what you're drinking tonight, Alan? Yeah. <laughs> I like to go local. Now, see, me down here being the lonely Blue Jay fan in the States, I'm actually drinking, funny enough, Canadian beer. It's terrible, but it's Labatt Blue. It oh, oh, you man. know what? Nick from our show, actually, Nick loves Labatt Blue, hilariously enough. What? Wow. Yeah. Just saying it's actually brewed in Buffalo, New York, which is about an hour away from me. here. Okay. Okay. There you go. I am drinking some, uh, living my best bullet life right now. So drinking the, I uh, ran out bullet bourbon Fuck. and I'm drinking it straight. I ran out of your, I just ran out of your rye. My rye. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, uh, I guess that's a big shout out to, uh, to bullet then good enough to drink all the way to the end of the bottle in no time at all. Dude, I, I can go through a bottle of that in like one weekend. There you go. Awesome. It's unhealthy. So let's let's talk about some of the recent news in Blue Jays world. Uh, AJ Cole just signed a minor league deal. I mean, this is basically... Wait, sign it or is it still like in the... Is it still like a report? Nope, no, it's a... It's, well, I mean, it's... 
it's official. Like, I don't know if he's actually, if it's been announced, but uh, zero risk here. He's got some decent upside, though. The The strikeout numbers are quite nice, um, decent command. The uh, the ERA indicators were quite nice on him, at least the FIP was, I should say. The ERA was actually pretty good last year, for those of you that care about ERA. Guys, what are your thoughts on this signing? Craig, let's start with you. This is another classic example of the Toronto Blue Jays just dumpster diving and hoping to get something good out of it. Like they've done the last few years, fellas. You've seen it with the, everywhere from Tyler Clifford to our most contestants, <laughs> you know, turning Daniel Hudson into a trade chip. I know that you sigh at this being the big quote unquote signing move at this point in the season, but the fact that they're at least trying to build the low end of the ball bullpen up can't hurt, right, fellas? AJ Cole could be a decent guy to fill in in, you know, low-leverage situations to start the season. Those guys are so easy to find, though. I I don't really see the upside where you do, Mike. I mean, Cole's already 27. Um, He's kind of a failed prospect. I just don't... I don't really think very highly of him. Um, He could be good. He could not be good. It doesn't really move the needle for me. It's another Chase Anderson. Maybe even lesser than that, because Cole's probably in the bullpen. Yeah, nothing I, that really gets me excited. I think he is in the bullpen, um, but I mean, it at least moves the floor. Like it kind of moves the bottom up a little bit. Guys like Chase Anderson, AJ Cole, uh, AJ Cole has you know, there's not there aren't too many guys in front of him right now in the uh, bullpen pecking order. So I think he's probably going to make it. But the last couple of years, his swinging strike rate has been hovering around fourteen percent, which is you know that's quite nice. And For a reliever, though, it's not that special. Well, it's maybe not special, but it's it's pretty good. It's better than average. And, I mean, you know, he has decent velocity, like 90, almost 95. But he's one of those spin rate guys, too, isn't Yes, he? he has a great spin rate from, from what I've heard. So go to the Astros. tweet by Nick Ashburn that we finally went full circle on Troy Tulowinski because this is who the Yankees dropped to pick up Troy Tulowinski. Okay, <laughs> there we go. I did not know that. On that one, except we're going to pay him for all the rest of the season. That's right. Funny enough on that one, just because I want to be a dick and say it. If the, if the Yankees don't have to pay Jacoby Ellsbury, why the hell do I have to pay Troy Tulin? Oh, they'll pay Jacoby Ellsbury. I don't think they're going to get away with that. It's fun to listen to because this is going to open up a can of worms. It's actually it's... the Yankees are, are being big dirtbags by doing that. Oh, yeah. The greatest franchise in baseball history. I actually like the Yankees for the most part. Like you get out of here. But this this is a this is a dirtbag move. No, I mean but, I agree with you there, Alan. But I just want to say, I mean, you know, I do admire the way the Yankees have rebuilt, or have like built this team, this current version of their team. They built within and then added through free agency uh, when the time was right, and they almost didn't even miss a beat when it came to competing. Like they turned around from being, I think, an eighty win team, and then the next year they were like in the ninth, like mid to high 90s and they haven't really looked back since and that was like what four years ago five years ago Craig, Craig are you telling me that you're not impressed by Brian Cashman oh I'm honestly what they I, I think you just hit the nail on the head Mike the fact that they were able to rebuild in such a short amount of time it makes me wonder what our rebuild could have looked like if Josh Donaldson and company were actually healthy yeah in 2017-2018 because those teams yes as much as we dismay those teams because there was nothing really flashy about any of those teams. It was just string it along, string it along. Maybe next year we'll get something. Yeah. But it's one of those things that if everything played right that year, we would have had a good ball club. But the fact that you couldn't even 
get anything out of Aaron Sanchez for two seasons, and Justin Smoke is your MVP. Did you think we were going to win anything <laughs> with that kind of result? The Yankees got lucky, and they were able to bridge that gap until the youngsters were good, and now that they are good, they're able to – they're going to be – we're going to look like the Yankees in a few years with Bo Bichette and Vladdy and Bichio and everybody. As long as we find a few pitching guys, because well, that's the Yankees' fucking problem. That's the big question. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I like I like the core. I like where the Jays are right now. Um, it's just a matter of will they spend this offseason, because I think they need to get ahead of the game and take advantage of a you know at least a pretty deep pitching class this season, this offseason, I should say. Because they're not going to be able to rebuild all in like one offseason. Which is, you know, let's like let's face it, they're probably more in line to compete twenty twenty one than twenty twenty. But it's not to say that they couldn't at least be, you know, decent to pretty good, even borderline competing for a playoff spot next year if if things break right, development continues for their younger players, and they make a couple of uh, free agency splashes. Yeah, the fact that you guys get we got an offense that's pretty much ready made at this point, don't yeah. we? Oh yeah. Bichette, Biggio, and Vladdy to frickin' his tee-off lineups right off the bat, right? And yeah. Supplement that with Loris Gurriel Jr. Randall Gritchick's probably a actually good six or seven hitter in a lineup. I instead agree. Instead of the strikeout numbers that he has in the top of a lineup. And then the fact that we're going to hopefully get some more out of Danny Jansen, Reese McGuire combination this year and hopefully get somebody to emerge in center field, right? <laughs> and that offense is pretty damn good right there. I'd be happy with needs that last little piece maybe but that's a good offensive floor that we haven't seen in a while so craig tell me if you agree with this okay this team reminds me a lot of the 20 well last year's team reminds me a lot of the 2014 chicago cubs uh they the 2014 chicago cubs lost like what 90 games i don't recall but whatever that that offseason they signed john lester then in 2015 uh, I think they made the playoffs in 2015, did they not? And then in 2016, they won the World Series. That's right. Yeah, they made the playoffs, I think, in 2015, too. But the fact that, like you said, we've been stringing up that we have the Chris Bryant, Javi Baez situation going on with Vladdy and Bo already, and then you dump in Vigio on top of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, this even compares to the Atlanta Braves of a couple of years ago when they went through their rebuild. They all their young guys kind of came up at once and then like they were just almost unexpectedly good. But I think that, um, I can't remember who was GM at the time. I don't think it was a, a no, it wasn't Anthopolis yet, but, um, he had kind of preemptively made a few splashes in free agency on the off chance that they were going to be good quicker than they had expected. And, uh, so they weren't caught holding their dicks. They were actually able to, you know, sneak into the playoffs almost right away in their first year of contention, essentially. And I mean, right now, the Jays are kind of in a similar boat. I mean, I'm not going to call the Jays to make the playoffs, at least not at this point. I want to see how the offseason goes. But I think, you know, they could be in that same kind of uh, position where if they they do strike preemptively in the free agency market, this could be a team that does compete next year, at least for for a wild card spot outside looking in at this point but yeah i think you have a chance if everything falls into place let right just think about how good our lineup could be this year guys when you're not going to be forfeiting um at bats to somebody like luke maley possibly or brandon drury constantly Mm -hmm. putting him in more of a backup role and the fact that billy mckinney shouldn't even be on this roster i know oh god (laughs) it's already that much better just not having those guys that were right at replacement level or below 
I think it's amazing that quote unquote Randall Grichik was an exactly replacement level player with what you would think are his defensive metrics picking up for those ridiculous strikeout numbers. But how can you knock a guy batting in the sixth or seventh spot or maybe even the seventh or eighth spot in Randall Grichik with that many home runs and the eighty RBIs almost? That's that's nothing to spit at, boys. Yeah. Well I mean I I think with Grichik, he is kind of a high-risk player, for sure, because he doesn't walk a ton, does strike out a, a fair bit. But he's kind of established uh, like a two- to three-war uh, median, I guess, throughout the first, what, four or five years of his career. So, I mean, he definitely had an off year last year. Like He was not as good as he's usually been. I feel like he'll bounce back to some extent this year. Uh, two- to three-war would be about a league-average player. So, I mean, if he can even be that going forward, even if he doesn't improve on that, he may not be the three to four player that the Jays kind of hope he is. But if he can even put up a two to three warrior, that's a that's a nice guy to have in that sort of, like you said, Craig, that six, seven spot in the lineup. Uh, you know, and from there, they might be able to add somebody else through free agency or maybe a breakout like um, comes from Fisher or, I don't know, maybe maybe Billy McKinney, maybe Teoscar Hernandez, maybe it's Brandon Drury finally. Uh, one of those guys, whoever is left on the 40-man uh, come the opening season or opening of the season, like, you know, maybe we'll see something from one of those guys. How key do you guys think it is for them to be able to find somebody to fill in at first base permanently? And I'm not saying that's Rowdy Tellez. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I put Vlad there. And who are you going to have at third base? You you calling on Warmoth or somebody already this year? Or are you hoping that Brendan Drury is better than whoever you, how else you could throw it? Uh, sign Mustakas or, in a dream scenario, Anthony Rendon. Man, I'd actually that love for them nice. to sign Moose. Mike I Moustakas just is... want to hear people yelling out Moose and drunken <laughs> exactly. pants in the Rogers Center. <laughs> I feel like he's, he's almost the ideal target for them, though, because he's probably not going to cost much. And, I mean, he can play third very well. He can play second base, at least to, like, an average degree. Uh, he could even fill in at first. He could DH. I mean, the guy could play almost the entire infield, minus catcher. And, you know, he's not a bad hitter. Like, he's he's basically a three-war player. So, I mean, the last few seasons, he's only averaged, I think, something like $8 million a year for what he's been making. So, you know, guys, I mean, maybe he's not going to be um, the flashy name that, you know, everybody kind of hopes the Jays get, but... He's he's a good he's a solid productive player at probably a reasonable price. And how prototypical would that be for the Blue Jays to do that? They, how many times have they signed that third baseman? Whether it's trading for Troy Gloss or trading for Scott Rowland, yeah, <laughs> you know the Blue Jays have done that a billion times in their history. Just finding that last piece like that—that's a veteran at bat. And you know, Mustakas has been around the three more player for the last how many years, guys? That's a consistent bat that you can plug into that lineup. And I, me personally, I don't want to shoehorn Vladdy into the third base thing too quickly because I love his arm at third base, guys. Yeah, it makes up for a lot of lack and range. But he's actually looked impressed me enough that I just want to let him run with it for a little while. And I'm honestly wondering how creative I could get for, with first base. Alan, before you jump in and, and, and I guess refute that, I just want to say that I, I kind of I want to give him this year, unless the Jays sign like Rendon, I'd give him this year. You just, traitor! No, no, I, I actually always kind of wanted to give him this year, just to see or at least start him there this year. Um, like I said, unless they got like Rendon or something, but signing a guy like Mustakas would give them a nice insurance policy, and they could move him around the infield. And I think Atkins has kind of preached positional flexibility this off season and in the last few months. 
So if they did sign Mistakis, you know, start with Vlad at third, give him a chance, and then see from there. But I do think it's inevitable, uh, unless he were to drop a ton of weight, that he would uh, he'll move to first eventually, in my opinion. Alan? Well, yeah, I just I feel like if there's a good third base option right there, I don't really see the benefit in letting that slide just so that you can let Vlad probably not do very well at for, at third base. This doesn't seem very productive to me. Like I, I if Vlad's at first base and you have a, a really good defender at third base, like and you have the chance for that, I don't really see why you pass up on it if the opportunity's there. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's gotta be that move though to make Vlad move over. <laughs> it can't be oh well this guy's, you know, the mediocre. It's like we get Ryan Goins to come back and play third base. You're well, yeah, like, obviously. You yeah. know what I mean? But <laughs> you gotta, it's got to be somebody, I think, that has that full side of it. If you got somebody like Randone coming in, oh. it's like, oh, God. Yeah. That'd it's, be... like, it's like Jeter and A-Rod figuring it out, right? God, that'd be great. <laughs> Actually, just yeah. speaking of Ryan Goins, he just signed a minor league deal with the A's like two days ago or yesterday. Oh, really? He just continues to get work. Hmm. Very, That's very, very uninteresting. It totally is. So, any thoughts, guys, on the the Justin Schaefer trade? Uh, he was he was DFA'd or uh, ousted from the forty man roster, what days ago? Uh, he ended up getting traded to the Reds for cash considerations. You know, basically a bag of balls. Nothing really to see here, but I mean, you know, so long, Justin Schaefer. Uh, he is gone. What did you guys think of his performance this year? Anyway, was he? Is this like a you know no big deal, or was he worth maybe hanging on to to see what he could be? Actually, Craig, you've probably seen him. A lot more than we have, being that he played in Buffalo forever. Yeah, that he did. And honestly, watching him in Buffalo made me wonder if he was ever going to take that next step like Ryan Tapera did. I really think he has that stuff to just all of a sudden be like, hey, you know what? I'm a major leaguer, and he's just going to be very consistent. He's not going to be the guy that's too flashy, I don't think, ever. He's not going to run away with a closing job. And I don't think Ryan Tapera ever had his business in the majors being a closer like he was in the minors. Right. But just a salvageable arm that you could rely on in the, you know, mid to late innings, you know, in the bullpen parts. And before you get to your normal closing stuff, he's going to get a nice shot with the Reds. I think he will. You know, he was he was nice depth, I guess, to have to be able to call up. Obviously, we, we all want to sign Garrett Cole and um, and uh, Anthony Rendon. What do you get? What do you guys think the Jays will do this offseason? Like, what are some of the more realistic free agency targets for the Blue Jays this offseason? And do you think that maybe they may go more of the trade route instead of the free agency? I really hope not. Uh, I really, I really hope that they. I mean, there's a ton of good free agent players available, and I'm really hoping that they don't just pass up on that for no particular reason. It's um, it's a key opportunity here to improve the team at just the cost of money, which we have tons of flexibility with. So. I don't really. I don't want to see a whole bunch of Chase Anderson style trades. Uh, I want to see them just, you know, tangibly inc- improving the team through some key free agent signings. And uh, I just think that makes the most sense. See, this is what I I missed about Alex Anthopoulos and why I don't understand Craig. Why you said that this time of year was um, kind of dull um, when you were with Jay's Journal um, because this. With Alex Anthopoulos, I mean, anything could happen at any time. It was very it was dull. It was just only four people caring about it. Right. That's what. That's what I kind of don't understand because 
Alex Anthopoulos regularly just drop bombshells here and there, um, really good contract extensions, whatever it may be. By comparison, Ross Atkins is such a boring GM. He's been, That's one aspect I do miss about. What's that? That's all you know at the moment anyways. Hopefully yeah. We're yeah, well, we're going on hope, right? The toys. I really hope, and I don't know how in the fuck <laughs> they can get away with not doing something. This yeah, that, well, we were talking about that last show, and that if they don't do anything this offseason, then Ross Atkins is dead to us. Yeah, pretty much. I mean... Well, he's cash is checking for being the manager if he can't get something done this offseason. You got a top-level minor league organization. It's the last year we're going to have control of what it sounds like over a lot more minor league players because it sounds like they're going to be completely jacking up the whole minor league system on the bottom end without my friends at Bluefield, unfortunately, being part of that alleged chopping block. Guys, it's that's all guys that we're losing off of our roster if you don't have them anywhere else right yeah so play with everything this year and if you gotta trade something let the other teams deal with some of that you know if you're trading assets get us something back that can help in the you know triple a to major league level now and get ready for this right i guess that's it though i mean the jays or uh, atkins has been very risk averse with all of his moves so far he hasn't really had like a blatant trade win yet which i mean most gms even kind of stumble upon at some point I mean, unless you want to call like the nickel and dime moves he's made, like they've been they've been nice, you know, getting guys like Waggis back for loop, that was fine, like that was a nice little move, but uh, you know I, he hasn't had like an obvious, you know, I guess for a lack of a better term, like trape yet, you know, like he just he's been very risk averse, he hasn't really gone for it yet, and I want to see that happen this off season. I want to see him make a big splash either in free agency or just go for that big big trade. It kind of needs to happen if it doesn't. I'm going to really start questioning him as a GM because it's kind of like I was saying earlier. I mean, like we've all said, it's just, this is the time to start getting aggressive. So for you guys, who are the aggressives? Is that going after the guy for first base or third base from our previous talk? Or is this completely just blowing up the checkbook on somebody like Garrett Cole? Is no, we'd be happy with like a Tanner Roark. Tanner Roark or, or, you know, Tanner Roark or, Yunjin Ryu or Zach Wheeler. Uh, any Zach Wheeler, Cole Hamels, any number Kyle, of those. Kyle Gibson, maybe. Kyle Gibson. I've been wondering I mean, how taking a flyer on Julio Tejeron would be. I, I'd take him as like a, you know, like a number five, number six type if he were super cheap. Because, I mean, there's still maybe something there. But I'm not expecting big things from him myself. But I, do you like something about him uh, in particular, Craig? Honestly, I just love watching him. And okay. he's been a guy, I think, that I just don't know what it is that gets going with him. He cruises for two or three innings, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, something weird happens, and then there's that other piece to it that he'll get back into it again, and then he'll completely jack up the fifth inning or something. It doesn't seem like teams are completely dominating against him. They just find a way to get that one you know, foot in the door, and then they kick it wide open there right for that one inning or so. It just doesn't seem like it's a whole collective shit effort you know what i mean yeah i wonder if he'd be a guy that'd be better served in like a multi multi-inning relief role instead of uh, being a, a pure starter or like a post opener like the, i think we called that the vulture or something did we come up with that that's what it seems like should be the best yeah. it just seems like to me if you laid out freaking rick porcello and somebody like hey ron yeah <laughs> that one of them that has luck and the other one doesn't 
Mm-hmm. Or Wade Miley or whatever. Not mm. award winner every other year, fellas. Yeah, like Wade Miley is actually a great signing. Honestly, he's, he's super underrated. Kind of seems like he's almost destined to be a Blue Jay one of these days. Yeah. Him and Andrew Kashner probably. Just oh, God. Yeah. All right. Come on. We were reasonable. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I did it. I, I took the bag. Not only did you pay. On fire you and I sat it on the door. Andrew Kashner is even a former Oriole. How yeah. did you do this to us? <laughs> I've always seen him as a Padre. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what? true. He's not a first baseman. <laughs> wait, that's a Mariner. Oh, wait. The Padres do it too. Didn't they play uh, Will Myers in center field? Yeah, I guess they did. Yeah, you're right. He's the guy I think they should be going after for first base. He can't be too expensive. He's got that contract to eat a little bit of it, and you don't have to give up a ton of freaking prospects. Yeah, that's true. He'd uh, play very well in the American League East again, is what I'm thinking. Because his bat has completely faded away in the NL West, fellas. Those big damn ballparks are just cavernous for somebody like him that's used to hooking it around the right field pole. Yeah, I wonder, uh, I, I do wonder, I mean, how much he would, what the cost would be on acquiring a guy like him. In all honesty, like, do you think that they'd basically take, uh, I don't know, a bag of balls for him? They'd have to eat, they'd have to eat some of the contract, though, so I guess we'd have to give up a, at least an okay prospect. I figure for him, you eat some of the, we take some of the contract, they take some of the contract, you throw in a double-A player, and you probably should be able to get him, but... Maybe they do not see their current first baseman doing jack and shit, and maybe they want to hold on to him. Yeah, Eric Hosmer has not actually exactly been great. So, in fact, he's been he's been pretty awful. Yeah, Sunken. but we're assuming that the Padres know that he hasn't been great, which well, I think is a little bit possibly generous, presumptuous, maybe even. Yes, I think they see a lot out of. Hosmer that is not necessarily translated into statistics as well for that young team. Like him being good? <laughs> I guess that would be the lead by example thing. But <laughs> he's one of those intangible guys apparently that works really good at teaching the younger players. Really? I, I heard he's a huge team. asshole. Is he? I, that's what I heard from one thing. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about him being a complete dick or anything. But I don't I'm think I've heard that either. Maybe I'm listening to the wrong media. Really? You know how it is these days. Everything fake news fellas. Yeah, that's right. Can't take anything seriously anymore. Especially our show. Right. Although more, you can take it more seriously when when Craig joins us, Craig Borden. Oh, thank you, for making my barroom chat sound like it's that more prestigious. <laughs> well, you're you're hosting it at a better bar than we are. Well, what did I get all like pinky out all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, is there anything? Anyways, even year, Rick Parcello. Oh, is that a thing? I'm not even kidding, guy. Look at the freaking. Is he like the reverse, the reverse Steve Pierce? <laughs> Every even year, he does really good. He's won his Cy Young Award in the even year, and I, I, I can't believe it. It's mind-boggling. Me and my brother literally have been only drafting him in our fantasy baseball league on even years for the last like six. Years. You're right. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, you're absolutely right. At least the last, yeah, like the last few years, it's been like a, an every other year thing. Yeah, one year contract since he's left. The Detroit Tigers, he's been like that. It's been insane. So and sign him to one year on the <laughs> hope he can do well. Watch him be a freaking Cy Young Award and then cut him with. So 2020 should be a good year for him. Last I checked. Because he had a 5.14 XFIP last year with a 5.52 ERA. It was not pretty. Beep. So he's right in that ballpark where we signed Clay Buckholz. Yeah, I'd, you know what? I'd, I'd, take a, I'd take a shot at him. 
I mean, as long as he's not going to cost, you know, like, I don't know, 15 million or something. Oh, I don't know how he could possibly justify asking for that. And I don't know who would give that to him. Is he a Boris client? Because he finds his ways. (laughs) If that's the case, we're better off just going for any other Boris client. Yeah, pretty much. So speaking of that freaking Jake Odorizzi signed that qualifying off. I was I was shocked as well. Like that that You know what I was thinking about that? The the, like the Jays said that they were interested, Odorizzi was interested, and then all of a sudden he signs a qualifying offer. The Jays offered him something so bad that he immediately decided he no longer wanted to test free agency. Well, that was kind of the that was the talk for for a couple of days there afterwards. Like, were the Jays really as aggressive as they kind of said that they would be in regards to Jake Odorizzi or just in general? And uh, you know, people kind of thought about this, and I, I I can't remember where I read this article, but it probably would have taken something like three forty five for him to seriously consider taking that over his uh, his qualifying offer three forty five maybe three fifty. And I mean, that's really pretty reasonable for a guy that's been as good as he's been the last couple of seasons, but he really seemed to kind of break out last year. And I mean, I know you don't want to bank too much on a breakout, but, um, his he's fastball, velo- yeah, his fast, his fastball velocity is up. So, I mean, yeah. well, I just found it funny that they literally, he was like testing for agency and then the Jays offered him something. He was immediately like, ah, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going back to the twins. Maybe he thinks he's going to be the next Nathan Evaldi and just, you know, blow it up for one year and yeah. then get that giant contract and fall off the planet. Yeah, he is, he is betting on himself. You're, you're right about that. Oh, good for him. I hope, I hope it works out for him. It's, he seems like a good, a good guy. But yeah. in the midst of that, guys, where do we go? Are you going to pay overpay to get freaking, you know, Madison Baumgartner? No. Oh, God. <laughs> Zach, we- I Zach wouldn't- Wheeler the same freaking age as Odorizzi is. With not that much I wouldn't regular pay for Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> <laughs> He's at you, the end of his shelf life. You man. wouldn't even take him for free, no, would you, Alan? Thirty. I can't imagine that we're talking about that when he's literally thirty years old. Yeah, but he's pitched so many innings. Yeah, he has a ton of innings on his arm. Mileage. Yeah, and I mean, he Spence just he does. Good option for everybody. <laughs> he's pitched how many damn innings? Yeah, he seems to be surprisingly durable, and I mean, he's definitely. Uh, you know, at least a reliable kind of innings eater type, but he doesn't excite me. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really on the huge. They Michael Pineda. I'm just gonna go find a new hat. The <laughs> uh, not a Pineda guy. No, he, the only time he pitches good is when he's got grease on his neck. So I don't want him. Ooh, he's right, fit, in, he's fit in well with <laughs> the uh, the Astros. He's fit in well with the Astros. That's right. <laughs> there you go. If we're gonna cheat, we might as well bring in this guy. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind a Pineda signing. Uh, I, I'd prefer him probably over some of the other less exciting guys. Like I don't know. Like uh, I'd probably even prefer Pineda over Hamels a little bit, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I just think if they don't try for Dallas Keuchel, who produced a .8 WAR in like what two months? Yeah, Keuchel He's got no qualifying offer attached to him. He's got nothing. Just if you don't just dump two years of money worth into Dallas Keuchel, I don't know what they're trying to do. I I think they could reasonably get Ryu or Keiko, if not both, because, yeah, like you said, there's no uh, draft pick compensation tied to them. And, I mean, the Jays, you know, obviously, ideally, they prefer not to do that unless they're going to make a huge splash on somebody like a, you know, Cole Strasburg Wheeler kind of tier. But, um, yeah, I mean, if they can get one or both of those guys, sign me up for sure. 
Those just seem like to be good options, though, don't you think? Because if they're trying to just not lay too much of a permanency for the Nate Pearsons and whatnot that are coming, there you go, right? You hope to get two, three years out of those guys while you're beginning to be competitive, and then you completely flatten lining it out with all the ridiculous talent that we have between um, you know, Nate Pearson and company that are coming up in the minor league system. I feel like it would be a mistake to kind of make rotation room for a guy like Nate Pearson, though. You want him to kind of force his way into that rotation. Or, you know, like, if three guys go down with injury, then you're kind of left with no choice but to put him in there. Because, you know, like, you want to have that depth. You you don't want to have to... Because then if somebody else goes down, I mean, who do you call up after Pearson? You know, it's, it's suddenly it's not as uh, as deep-looking. But if they have the depth already in place, and then you can call up a guy like Pearson, who I think could be potentially good right away, then, you know, they're in obviously a lot better shape to compete all year. But, yeah, I think it'd be a mistake to just kind of you know, rely on Pearson next year. Oh, I don't think they can re- rely on him next year. It's too early, man. Yeah, exactly. Find somebody like this to be that next, that borderline ace to be able to throw into this rotation until you get Pearson, Pardino, and and everybody else. There is so much good pitching talent coming. Oh, like guys, yeah. we're talking about these waves that are like at least starting halfway through this year with Pearson. And then next year, the year following, it it gets very convoluted for where this rotation could be in three years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's Simeon Woods Richardson. I mean, there's there's uh, Eric Pardino. There's Adam Klopfenstein, uh Potentially a Kendall Williams, Alec Manoa. I mean, that's not even to mention, like, Anthony Kay, uh, Trent Thornton. I mean, whatever TJ Zoic can contribute, that'd be great. There's There's a lot of pitchers coming up. There's Joey Murray, Patrick Murphy. Josh Winkowski, there's so many guys. That's somebody I'm hoping that I'll actually get a good chance in the spring, too, is uh, Patrick Murphy. I don't know what happened to him last year, but he was on fire to start the season, then completely fell off. But he was looking really good at the beginning of the season. It's going to be interesting to see where he does once he gets to pick up the ball in Buffalo to start this. He uh, he actually had to change his delivery because it was ruled to be illegal. I forgot about yeah, he so it, it, quote unquote doing the the crow hop or something that Rob Nan used to be able to do. Yeah, I think it was almost like the Carter Caps esque kind of delivery or something. But uh, I just don't know how they don't catch that. He's been doing that same delivery since like the need. Yeah, I thought it was shocking too, but it definitely seemed to mess with his timing and just threw his whole rhythm out of whack. So hopefully, you know, a full um, off season of, of working on that and repeating it over and over, he'll have a, a bounce back year and we'll see him in the in the bigs maybe as early as next year sometime yeah there was a while there for him and ryan barucki were mentioned in the same breath and we know what we might be getting from barucki if he can get healthy here and i think he's going to be come spring training <laughs> if you had those both that were that same level of pitcher we'd be, we wouldn't be having a lot of this talk, talk about free agent pitchers we'd be going for the freaking rick porcello one-year deal yeah so i mean i've seen kind of a trend so far in free agency and that is that uh you know, teams seem to be, especially the Braves, they've been the most active so far, but teams seem to be willing to to spend money so far, which is it's great for the sport. Um, you know, maybe we won't see a huge uh, change come uh, the next collective bargaining agreement, but do you guys have any thoughts on that? I mean, Will Smith got a nice big contract, which, you know, that kind of leaves Ken Giles now as like the number one guy on the, on the reliever trade market. Um, you know, I mean... Even uh, Travis Darno just got what, like two sixteen, I think, which was pretty good for him, considering he was almost out of baseball like this time last year. Yeah, um, although like 
Weren't three of those Alex Anthopoulos? <laughs> oh yeah, he's been very aggressive. It's uh, it's really good. I think you know this continuing to happen is going to be the one thing that kind of prevents a work stoppage, uh, which we definitely want to avoid. So it, it's great for baseball, and hopefully it keeps up. Does it? Yeah, watching Will Smith get paid was very cool. I was shocked, honestly, to see him get paid what real closer money should be. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there, Craig. Does that does that change anything for you guys' perspective for uh, for this offseason for the Jays, though? I mean, does it move the needle for anything? Like, are they going to be less likely to add some of the guys we thought that they could, though? Or does this kind of not really change anything for you at the moment? In terms of what they could do, I don't think it really changes anything. I don't know if it changes what they will do, though. I mean, Ross Atkins spends, like, you know, I don't really have a good... Uh, metaphor he's very frugal yeah so you know one would hope that this doesn't really throw him off spending saying oh my god i have to pay actual money for these guys (laughs) i'm just gonna keep trading for chase anderson's but in hindsight that's what he should be doing is going after other trade targets hopefully better than chase anderson no yeah i agree with you but there is a time for what's going in this market i should go this way but it's it's not like i don't really feel like the players have been overpaid it just hasn't been a case of them being critically underpaid. Like, um, you know, Mike Moustakis seems like every year he has to settle for some ridiculously low offer that yeah. is kind of... years ago, he really should have gotten paid. He should have. I yeah, thought he was going he to. I didn't think there was any doubt that he wasn't going to get paid two years ago coming right out of the Royals. Yeah. I, I thought he was going to get something decent, like four, I don't know, 460 or something. Like something, you know at least a little more worthwhile for him. But then I think he had to settle on like a one year or maybe it was like one plus, a, you know, a, a team option or something at like, yeah, eight or $10 million. And it's kind of been a series of those sort of signings for him since or contracts for him since. So I mean, you just, it's so hard to predict the free agency landscape every year. Uh, it does seem to start off. It's always timid, but you'll see pl- uh, teams kind of maybe overspend a little bit at the beginning um, compared to, you know, the, the tail end of it. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, we could end up... Maybe Moose, again, will not will get underpaid. And uh, the Jays will be the ones to benefit from that or something. Yeah, it'd be nice if the Brewers didn't get that deal every year. Right. As much as I've loved the rise of the new Milwaukee Brewers and the fact that they bring in back the awesome jerseys from... Oh, the, yeah. My oh, hell yeah. It makes me so much happier that the Blue Jays were part of the start of this re branding trend <laughs> it makes you really wonder why the hell would you ever abandon the greatest sports logo in history which the milwaukee brewers definitely have the only thing that would have made it better is if the baseball was a beer in the glove why has nobody thought of this <laughs> yes shit? right they're called the milwaukee brewers oh, that's interesting yeah craig render it up let's see it let's see this thing yeah, let me get on my engineering stuff and try the <laughs> art and see how that works. Perfect. <laughs> I might drink the beer out of the glove. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sounds like a good time to me. It does. Sounds like a Buffalo Bills tailgating game to me. <laughs> Woo! Oh, nice. Oh, sorry. I'm showing where I'm from. <laughs> oh, no. I'm a big I, Bills fan. I would love to go to, to an NFL game. By the way, like that would be fantastic. Oh, I'm, I'm planning to go to a Bills game, at one at some point. I don't know if I'll be able to make it this season, but see your your boy Allen play. Yeah, 
if either of you guys make it down, I'll buy it. I'll bring the beers. Oh, all Sweet. right. I'm, I'm, I just may uh, take up on that at some point. Yeah, let's do it. It'd be actually fun to do a little, uh, you know, just Game to get together on. and it's further for you. Cause I can just drive down. <laughs> yeah. It is much further for me, but still doable. I mean, it's probably what a five hour flight, maybe four Buffalo hours. Usually Buffalo is a pretty good airport too. So you shouldn't have a problem in there from a, you know, decent connection place. I think it's maybe. cheaper to fly into Buffalo too. Than Toronto. Remember, right? Probably. Yeah, we, it depends uh, if you can get that direct flight or not. Because I know that my parents, a lot of the time when they're going on vacation, they fly out of Buffalo rather than uh, Pearson. Okay. We do seem to get, uh, you know, slightly dicked here a little bit by the uh, airlines. Oh. Well, that's their whole job is to screw us all over. It's that South Park episode, man. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> So, but don't worry, the yeah. controls are all on the side. Yeah. What? <laughs> so, but yeah, as far as that goes, I know that whole traveling deal, you're flying out of Rochester is a nightmare for trying to get to anywhere. I'm pretty much allowed to go to Minnesota, uh, Detroit, New York, or Atlanta straight. Anywhere else, got to go through everywhere else. I heard Minnesota is really underrated. Is that true? If you can choose that as a direct fl- or a uh, your go-between flight, anywhere i would highly recommend it it's an easy airport to get around and there's actually some really good places they have it's like almost like a mini mall of america in that airport plus i mean that that but mall anyway. is apparently gigantic but i mean you know it's i mean it's a mall but it'd be kind of fun to see it at least to say you've seen it and check it out and see how is big it really a is. mall edmonton's biggest draw yeah uh because that's about <laughs> we're ripping on edmonton again on this episode this is hilarious uh, <laughs> I just love any airport that I fly into that has nothing but hockey player mannequins right in the baggage claim, and I'm talking about the Edmonton airport. Oh God! What oh, other stuff everywhere? <laughs> yeah, it's all they have. Alan, yeah, uh, Edmonton's a sad place. Yeah, fix fix your roads, Edmonton. Holy hell! Fix everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't we have a baseball podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Tangent. Was was there anything else that you guys wanted to kind of touch on? Um you know, before we kinda of start toward wrapping this? I finally stumbled across my counterpart Brendan Panikar's tweet of the quote unquote pitching waves for the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, perfect. So, wave one we saw this year, and that was the Trent Thornton, Jacob Wagesbeck, Sean Reed Foley's, eh, Ryan Barucki, and Thomas Pannone. So, we saw those wave. guys yeah. move up. All right, obviously, it's a mixed patch, right? But we did ten out of ten one, wave. One decent, probably our fifth starter for the next few years out of Trent Thornton. We probably should get a little more out of Ryan Barucki, and then probably yeah. Thomas Pannone's a wild card in the bullpen, just like Wagesbeck or Sean Reed Foley at this point. I'm hoping we get more out of Sean Reed Foley, but he can't. He hasn't shown me I, more than he can get two innings at this point. I hope so, but yeah, I'm not backing out at this point. Too much talent to just be like, yep, yeah, see ya. Agreed. It's it's a shame, though, uh, just to go off on a quick tangent about him, is that his stuff has really deteriorated. I saw him throw this one start in New Hampshire. It would have been three years ago now. But, oh my god, guys, just when he's on, he's freaking unhittable. I saw him strike out 12 um, minor league um, Red Sox guys, the Portland Sea Dogs, 
and the fact that he was just mowing through that lineup, and that was the two years ago. So this was when the the Red Sox minor league team still had, you know, talent at the AA, AAA level. Just watching him march through that lineup was very impressive. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen him pitch uh, some pretty some pretty nice uh, some pretty nice games in the minor leagues. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, there, there's still time for him to figure it out um, at the major league level. Maybe he's just a bullpen piece, though. We'll see what happens. But yeah, well, I mean, there's still time for him to figure it out. out in the bullpen, actually, is going to be the worst case scenario, and I'd be completely fine with that. So I think he can last in the. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So wave two. Nate Pearson, Zach Logue, Patrick Murphy, Yesney Diaz, and Anthony K. We got some hits in that, probably. Yep. K looks like he could be at least, at least, you know, a back end type with potential for you know, like a number three kind of uh, ceiling. We had uh, his brother Bobby K. <laughs> That's I saw. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> podcast. He, he seems to be a character. Might have gotten the best throw-in part of a trade ever in absorbing Bobby K into being Blue Jay fan. <laughs> That's fantastic. So then we went and talked about Wave 3 in Brendan's list here. Simeon's Wood Richardson, who we just acquired with Anthony K. Eric Pardino, who has been insanely good when I watched him pitch in Bluefield. Didn't quite get as much last year in Lansing because of injuries and stuff, but he did look like he turned it up a notch at the end of the season. Alex Manoa, Kendall Williams, and Adam Klovenstein. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Two other guys. Well, races. Where's Josh Winkowski? And oh. I didn't, he didn't have him on this list. Oh wow! <laughs> the disrespect. So kind of thing. Unbelievable. That, he did this list on July 29th. If you want to put it into perspective. Nope. <laughs> nope. I would think you got hit Winkowski's probably in that middle, like two A. <laughs> to be yeah maybe i mean uh there's still case three yeah he's uh i think he could he, i think he's gonna be better than people think and i know alan like alan's a you know he's a big proponent of, of josh winkowski as am oh, i just me no no no, no i just want no, to say I you actually, you are I especially like, i watch i watch winkowski on minor league baseball tv this year like just clockwork when i knew he was pitching for the lug nuts i watched and he yeah. was very impressive and that was and despite him having Jesse Goldberg Strassler, their announcer, and uh, one of our friends that's a writer from Jay's Journal with them now, and Hayden Godfrey. Oh, yeah. It was the highlight of his, you know, minor league writing for the Lansing Lugnuts was Winkowski. And I'm like, if, if Hayden's on him, I got to go check this out. Seems like a very good kid. I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to him or anything, but uh, like hardworking, uh, seems very intelligent and in tune with his own stuff and his own body. Um, he's his velocity is trending upward. I think he's topping out at like ninety six, ninety seven now. He uh, his a goal of his like a personal goal is for him to actually hit a hundred miles an hour. So he's actually he's going to make that happen in some capacity. And Probably not to the the training programs are these days. But yeah, I have loved what the Lansing Lug Nuts have done with their multimedia team and everything, and living the lug life. <laughs> and they've done a great yeah. job of showcasing their players. Alan, that's not even to mention uh, his his uh, off speed stuff, which is uh, quite quite nice. So I mean, you know, there's something there. I think, and uh, hoping for a big year for for our boy Josh this year. If not, at least all those people in all those waves are going to be very interesting to watch this year. Well, that's just it. There's going to be some of these some of these guys are going to be better than we think. Maybe some of them won't pan out, 
but uh, the ones that are promising right now, like the the Pearsons, the the Woods Richardsons, the Pardinos, those like Manoas, those guys look very exciting, and I cannot wait to see what they'll uh, what they'll do at the major league level or as they progress to the upper minors. I still could not believe what I saw watching Eric Pardino in Bluefield a couple of years ago. The command, right? It's ridiculous what he was doing to those kids. He was only, he was only like 17. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, what is he? He was just making them look, you know, like boys swinging a wiffle bat for the first time. Some of the kids I watched during that game. And it was the Tampa Bay Rays minor league team at that level. So we know what the Rays do with their minor league system. It's not like he was throwing to guys that didn't know how to even have a clue swinging the damn bat. And he was making them look that bad. Yeah, that's awesome. Other than that, I got nothing. Alan, anything to add before we uh, wrap the show? Yeah, um, I don't know if you, I don't know what you guys think about this, but do do any of you guys ever go to McDonald's and find it really annoying that they don't serve ice cream and apple pie together? Like, what kind of place serves apple pie and serves ice cream but don't doesn't serve apple pie a la mode? That is a missed opportunity. It's ridiculous. They could be the only fast food chain in all the land that sells apple pie a la mode. Yeah. Well, I do it a lot of the times anyways, but... You just order just, the two? Yeah, but it's a pain in the ass, because then you have to ask them for, like, a breakfast platter, and they're like, what is this guy on? Is he on drugs? Is, you know, <laughs> Alan, some... you're going to be one of those guys that walks up to the guy that's sitting there at the counter, order him separately, and just freaking slam him down in front of the manager like that, and just be like, yeah, that's right, I did that. Why don't you? Yeah, exactly. Anyways, that's all. <laughs> that's all I got. I know it's not baseball relevant, but it's life relevant. It's your rant. Oh yeah, yes. I love it. I love that you're at least uh, you know familiar with our show. That's fantastic, Craig. Thank you. <laughs> I told you I'm a fan. We're <laughs> front. Exactly. Yeah. I think we should do this more often in the future. I mean, this you know this is certainly a lot of fun. But before we do wrap it up entirely, Craig, I wanted to give you obviously the you know the floor here to to promote. Your podcast, which is fantastic, by the way, and uh, we 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 are listeners as well, and you know just uh, maybe uh, say something for your your um, your partner Brendan as well, who's uh, unfortunately missing for us tonight. Yeah, unfortunately, he's going to be happy talking with you guys in your next episode. He said he will yeah. make it a point to be a mm-hmm. next time instead of not mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy control going on here. <laughs> we'll see. That'd be great. So, but anyway, back to my shameless self-promoting, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go for it. So, as these wonderful gentlemen had mentioned, um, I am one of the two hosts. I am the creator of Jaybird Watching. I have brought my buddy Brandon Panikar in, who used to write with me at Jay's Journal, and it's been pure podcasting bliss because now I only have to worry about hosting every other week and I only have to worry about topics every other week. (laughs) It's worked out really, really well. And the fact that we still find fun things to do every week, talking Toronto Blue Jays baseball, whether there's wonderful breaking news like the Justin Schaefer fun that we just had. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So so much fun. (laughs) But we still had fun with it in our room type chat. But the fact that we will are going to have some of the minor league reviews now that we have wrapped up the 2019 player reviews not not what everybody thinks we were talking about was projections but no it was 2019 season reviews for our players in toronto so that is over with but we got some fun other ideas as far as countdown shows some fan chats that we're hoping to get done on our show this week this year too during the off season as we're waiting for the hopeful 
big signing fellas of the Toronto Blue Jays next big pitcher is my hopes. So we can look forward to um, you know some some minor league previews or reviews. Sorry for uh, on the Jaybird Watching Podcast in the near future. Is reviews? Yeah, we're gonna kind of look at them as uh, both. We're gonna talk about what happened at each level. Okay. Going out this past year, and then hopefully what we're going to be expecting a little bit, like who might be at this level as we're talking to our special guests from each level. I can't say too much yet as I haven't booked anything. Okay. But we have some good relationships with some of the announcers in the Blue Jays minor league system, along with some wonderful characters that are involved with the team in one way, fashion, or form. Fantastic. That uh, sounds really good. Sounds like a busy offseason for you guys. Well, it's only as busy as how many beers we can drink, fellas, and have good fun times with chats like you guys. Absolutely. So, yeah, and, and like <laughs> I said, let's... looking forward to obviously having you guys on our show back and forth as well. Yeah, it's great. I, I'm looking forward to it myself, and I know Alan is as well. Do and you know that? I do know that. I know you well enough now. Oh. <laughs> Guy <laughs> thinks he knows me. <laughs> how many uh, beers? Uh, uh, two and a rye. So are you like at that like near easily deterred level? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Yeah, oh, you're just like you can poke the bear just a little bit, and you're like, "Hey, oh yeah, I'm totally in my um, I'm totally in my kind of shithead phase, that's for sure." <laughs> <laughs> just snotty, hoping that Ross Atkins and then uh, Shapiro get their. Oh uh, man, if Ross if Ross Atkins was on the show right now, I'd be roasting the shit out of him. <laughs> oh, I would actually love to interview him though. I would try would so a great show episode. I, I think it would be the most years, guys, boring. Have the, ro- the roast of Ross. Oh my yeah, god! We should do that. That is oh, that's a great idea. It's a great idea. We talked up a little bit about what Shapiro has done a little bit a couple of weeks ago. So you guys, minds will do the opposite. Yeah, I, I like I like Shapiro though. So I wouldn't roast him. Yeah, I'm a big but... fan of his as well. But I mean, I'm still open on Atkins. Like I, I like you know. I just want that to door see. is closing though. It is closing. The biggest thing that we had there in that show that we talked about the most about Shapiro was the fact that the minor league system is what it is, and the fact that they have actually done something to keep the Blue Jays in Dunedin and have completely renovated that whole facility down there, guys. That thing is going to be insane when it's done down that, there in Dunedin. For the- that's huge. I can't wait to see it. And I mean, I think that was a, a big part of the reason why Shapiro was brought on to this team was to. You know, that project, as well as I think, I have a feeling at least there are some big plans for, uh, you know, renovations at uh, Sky Dome or Rogers Center, whatever you want to call it. And they, I think they've already begun that. I saw a minor leaguer post a couple of pictures from uh, from Twitter and, you know, they've, they've begun yeah, some of those renovations. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the comparison photos are pretty different. I was surprised. Yeah. I didn't really think they were going to be doing anything crazy there. And in all reality, I've always thought it's been a great viewing experience at the Rogers Center. I've had the pleasure of traveling for my day job, so I've seen a lot of major league ballparks. Okay. I got ballparks, and it just feels like it's the same thing to me. I've always enjoyed going to the Rogers Center, which is always going to be the sky. Wow, really? And I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I love me that neither. area of town. That's <laughs> it, is a, it is a good area. Yeah. That's about all it's got going for it, but it is a good area. You can always get more, and I really wish that they would figure out how to put grass in that thing somehow. But that would be... I, would have, I had a friend who was working for an engineering firm, um, and his engineering firm was contracted to take a look at um, the roof and uh, see what they could do in terms of like bringing more natural sunlight into the place. As long as it doesn't leak anymore, I think we're 
already on a win. Although that would help water the. Wait, leak? Or are you talking about when the like the big boulder of ice crashed through the roof? Well, there there was that that happened, but the roof itself keeps leaking all the time. Oh, really? How did oh, yeah, I there, not know this? I've been up there and I've been in there in the ballpark really early, and you can literally see buckets on the. That's that's pretty ghetto. That's Don't worry bad. about it. Look over there. We got fancy new food and dot loony beers. Go yeah, on. that's right. See, you know what? Yeah, that's what bothers loony me. Dogs. Is like every other park has their kind of like signature foods. Like Seattle has their garlic fries, and Texas, Texas. has crazy hot dogs. What do we have? Poutine, Fenway, Fenway Franks. Like I want to go see a Boston Red Sox game just to get a hot dog. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I like don't know how much to I want to just have like the Blue Jay bird or something like that to eat though. That doesn't sound terribly appetizing. <laughs> you know, well, Dodger dog. Yeah. Going by that, Disney going by that dog. logic, then uh, you'd be eating socks if you went to Fenway. Well, uh, I just want to, you know, thank you again, Craig, for joining us. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, this was a lot of fun. I had a blast and hoping to do this again in the, in the near future. No problem, guys. I had a great time. I look forward to it. And obviously, uh, we'll figure out when we can get you on our show and we'll keep having fun. So just for the fans that are listening, though, we were going to rebroadcast this later this week on our podcasts. Is that yeah, that's, that's absolutely cool with us. And uh, yeah, we will have uh, we'll have Brendan Brendan Panikar from Jaber watching on our show in the uh, in the near future as well. That maybe as soon as next week, we will uh, we will work that out and finalize that soon. And again, everybody, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time on Radio Sense Podcast. Take care, everybody. Great outro, Mike. Ten out of ten. Thank you. <laughs> No, seriously, though. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.